Hello and welcome to Euractiv's Agri-Food Podcast. I'm Natasha Foote. And I'm Gerardo Fortuna. And here's your weekly update on all things agriculture and food in the EU from Euractiv's Agri-Food News Team. This week, the EU's new organic day, the Commissioner teases about a new impact assessment and we explore the controversy surrounding the UN's Food System Summit. So this week saw the launch of the new EU-wide Organic Day. So this is an annual day that we'll see every year on the 23rd of September. And this is designed to promote organic agriculture to bolster its production and also its consumption in the EU. So as I said, this has been put on the 23rd of September. Do you know why it's the 23rd of September, Gerardo? Thanks for asking. (laughs) Uh, Indeed, it's the uh, birthday of one of my favorite uh, musicians, John Coltrane. Ah, that's why. Mm, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And also the birthday of Bruce Springsteen and Ray Charles. It's a great day for for music. Wow, it's a yeah. great, it's a lovely. But I tribute. assume it's, it's nothing. It doesn't have to do with, I mean, anything with the organic. Mm. Well, I mean, that's not the official line. It could have been that. I mean, maybe the commission is just a massive, you know, massive musical fan. I've never asked. I mean, well, they claim <laughs> is the reason is because it's the autumn equinox. So that's when the day and the nights are, the day and the night is equally long. And so the commissioner was there, the agricultural commissioner, Janusz Wojciechowski, was saying that it's a symbol of balance between agriculture and the environment that is perfect for organic production. So really. That's the reason. Okay. Yeah. Getting in touch with the hippie side. <laughs> I mean, they could have found some link with the huge production of Bruce Springsteen would have been. Mm-hmm. No, I'm joking. I'm joking, of course. And. Organic agriculture is a key focus of the uh, Commission. Um, for instance, under the EU's flagship food policy, the farm to fork strategy, um, there's, of course, this, this target um, of uh, tripling the amount of land farmed organically in the EU uh, to 25% by 2030. And of course, this new organic day follows on from the publication of an action plan for developing organic production adopted by the Commission back in March, which is uh, basically structured around the um, basically three main uh, aspects: boosting consumption, increasing production, and further improving uh, the sector's sustainability. And the plan also proposes actions designed to substantially boost the production and consumption of organic products in the EU. But of course, the um, you know a lot of the aims of the, the Commission's aims on organic to do with this organic day, to do with uh, the action plan, I mean, a lot of them are going to be actually implemented by the member states' national strategic plans. That's the national strategic plans that we, we see in the Common Agricultural Policy Reform, um, which is part of the ambitions to give a little bit more flexibility to member states. And in other news, uh, I mean, this week, uh, Janusz Wojciechowski, the EU's Agriculture Commissioner, uh, was uh, an absolute tease, um, leaving uh, agri-stakeholders uh, hanging because he has teased stakeholders with the promise of a comprehensive impact assessment of the Commission's uh, uh, food policy, the farm to fork strategy, but remained uh, a bit, you know, vogue as as to what this means in practice. So a very quick refresher, the set of measures included in the farm to fork strategy, there are more than 30, as well as targets. Uh, okay, 
for some welcome, for other controversial, represents the vision uh, for European agriculture in the decade, decades to come. And uh, despite mounting calls for a comprehensive impact assessment of this uh, farm-to-fork strategy, um, the Commission has so far committed only to separate evaluations of each measure in the strategy. So basically one impact assessment for each measure. The Commissioner actually announced this week, so this is the controversy, that, that he had plans, the Commission had plans for a comprehensive impact assessment. And so he announced this via a Twitter post. Um, and this this tweet said, um, a comprehensive impact assessment will follow before legislation process starts and when we know all the national strategic plans for the future CAP, so that's the future common agricultural policy. Um, and, you know, this sent agri-stakeholders into a bit of a frenzy online. What does this mean? What's going on? Da, da, da. Are we finally getting this, this comprehensive impact assessment that so many of them have asked for for a long time? And so we asked the, the commissioner about this. We asked, how many times did we ask, Gerardo? <laughs> Once, yeah. three, yeah, about three at times. Three, at least three, yeah, we, we really tried to nail him down on an answer. But the answer we got was... Uh, unclear to say the least I would say about as clear as mud um you know kind of still said yes we will and but also we're not sure really what that's going to entail so this is still quite an evolving story and yeah definitely not something we've had the the last of we even tried with the ultimate follow-up basically asking him (laughs) a or b is it this is it comprehensive or is it separate uh, yeah, it's something that we probably discover or, or find out in the in the months to come. So now it's time for this week's focus of the week, and this week we're looking at the UN Food Systems Summit. So this self-titled People's Summit was held in New York last week um, as part of ambitions to build healthier, more sustainable and more equitable food systems around the world. So it featured some of the biggest players involved in global food systems, including European Commission Vice President Franz Timmermans and also a whole host of EU countries' agricultural ministers. So According to its website, um, the UN Summit is designed to serve as a a historic opportunity to empower all people to leverage the power of food systems and drive this recovery from COVID-19, the the pandemic that we've had, and also get uh, get everyone in the world on track to achieve all 17 sustainable development goals by 2030. And of course, as any other event organized by the United Nations, it offered big promises with nearly 300 commitments. Uh, just to uh, mention a few, United States pledged to invest $10 billion in food systems transformation, $5 billion to be spent in the U.S. internal market, and the other half directed towards uh, global food insecurity challenges. But also Germany called for an investment of up to $40 billion every year uh, up to 2030, from industrialized countries, developing countries, and the private sector to achieve uh, zero hunger. And also in her intervention, uh, the German agricultural minister, uh, Julia Klöckner, mentioned the reform of the EU's farming subsidy program, the Common Agricultural Policy, as a step in the right direction when it comes to uh, leading the transition in the food systems. That's what she said. 
During Germany's presidency of the Council of the European Union, we negotiated a realignment of the common agricultural policy. This means that there will be a system change towards better environmental protection and climate stewardship in all European member states. So our first take from the event is that food security remains the main issue, but that climate impacts on agriculture are being increasingly addressed by world leaders. So that might seem to be something obvious. Obviously, everyone's talking about climate change. But it is true that historically, these kinds of summits have almost entirely focused on ensuring that food systems meet nutritional needs of the world population. And most of the commitments have really been about eradicating hunger. So, you know, to see these climate aspects, but also biodiversity and ensuring a decent livelihood for farmers, that they're becoming more and more important on the global stage. And it's something we've also experienced in uh, the talks on the common agricultural policy, so the CAP. And in particular, the links between climate risk and food insecurity have been pointed out by Commissioner Franz Timmermans in his address. So let's hear from him. Food production and consumption are major drivers of the climate crisis and looming ecocide. And yet, agriculture and farmers are the first to suffer the consequences if we fail. So we must act now if we don't want our children to fight wars over water and food. And the second take uh, is about global food coalitions, which, which is something that we should expect uh, mushrooming in the near future. And this is what uh, the U.S. Deputy Secretary um, uh, of the Department uh, of Agriculture, um, uh, Jewel Bronov, said about the potential of these coalitions in coping with such global issues uh, in the food systems. With the Food Systems Summit, we have an opportunity to collectively refocus the world's attention on ending hunger and poverty and building more sustainable, equitable, and resilient food systems. Together, we can build coalitions, increase collaboration, bring energy, and create momentum to reverse food insecurity trends. It's interesting to notice that global coalitions are supposed to unite, but sometimes can actually lead to different views on the same problem, creating room for global clashes. And that's what happened, or could happen actually, to this new US-led coalition uh, that is conceived to help, uh, I'm quoting um, the US uh, Secretary for Agriculture, uh, Tom Vilsack, to help elevate sustainable productivity growth as a strategic action priority. Uh, this coalition was launched on the sidelines of the uh, summit and, uh, and the US Secretary for Agriculture, Tom Vilsack, uh, uh, speaking to reporters, pointed out that this coalition is designed to counter the farm to fork, the EU's flagship policy because uh, the farm to fork is considered to be more focused on sustainability claims uh, rather than productivity. So we asked uh, US Agriculture Commissioner uh, Janusz Wojciechowski if he's afraid of this new initiative. I'm not afraid that it's any collision because this initiative to, 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 to increase the, the production. Farm to fork strategy is not the strategy to, to reduce the, the, the production of food in Europe that uh, they are, uh, I, I'd like to say again, that, that there are a lot of possibilities, possibilities to increase the production. 
So admirable intentions all around, but this summit has also been marred by controversy from the word go, with critics warning that it serves to privatise decision-making and push a corporate agenda. So actually, um, interestingly enough, the summit even sparked criticism from the UN's own experts this week, when a group um, of UN uh, human rights experts joined forces in a damning statement against the summit. So what's going on here exactly? Well, we spoke with Nick Jacobs from IPS Food to find out more. The UN Food System Summit has been controversial for, for a number of people, and including ourselves at IPS Food. Um, and I would point to kind of three key reasons for that. Firstly, from the start, there's been a failure to include genuine mechanisms of participation uh, so that small scale food producers, social movements and civil society groups can actually defend their interests in an organized way. Um, a, a second major problem is that the summit was too close to the World Economic Forum and other kind of powerful interests, uh, including big corporations. And this, this was evident in the, the very early stages of developing the summit and its architecture. And thirdly, the summit um, has undermined the existing bodies that are there to debate the future of food systems, and particularly the, the Committee on World Food Security in Rome. Um, instead of using these bodies and the mechanisms they have uh, for, for participation, for channeling scientific advice to policymakers, the summit has actually set up its own architecture and, and built its own institutions that kind of come into competition with the existing ones. And, you know, these problems were there from the start and they haven't really been addressed along the way. So the phrase that we hear so much all the time about expanding the tools available in farmers' toolboxes, this seems to have been a key theme of this summit. And usually this is put forward as a good thing. So, you know, the more options available to a farmer, the more they can adapt their production and select what works best for them. But Nick sees things differently. And the summit hasn't provided any answers here. And the problem is, if we come out of the summit with, with a range of different solutions, a whole grab bag of solutions being proposed, um, and we say that all of we need all of these solutions, the ones that will actually move forward um, are the ones that, that are very much aligned with corporate interests and already have lots of investment behind them. So things like uh, digitalization, climate smart agriculture. On the other hand, um, things like agroecology, they have been discussed within the summit. Um, but they would to, to move that forward, you really need a big shift in resources and you would need to have a very clear signal. The summit has been accused of sidelining small farmers and other marginalized voices. So what do small farmers themselves have to say for the way the summit went down? Here's what Attila Zox, coordinating committee of the um, ECVC and Eco Ruralis from Romania, had to say. So this summit is considered to weaken the role played by the state in the United Nations and their role to adhere to, to, to challenge these problems. So civil society organizations and in particular uh, organizations of food producers uh, have been left marginalized in this process despite addressing this problem. Also, we see that there's a lack of democratic inclusion of food producers' organizations within the bodies created to manage this process. So all this makes it impossible for civil society organizations and also, we believe, the majority of the countries of the world to contribute to the process in an effective and efficient manner. 
for at the large organization of the summit and its process uh, fly in the face of the priorities of the EU policies, such as the European Green Deal or the farm to fork uh, and biodiversity strategy, as well as of the recommendation of the European Parliament. And he is especially concerned by the focus on techno fixes for environmental problems. And these kind of so-called solutions and fixes are not adapted to the reality of the world and to the real solutions that need to be proposed to transform our food systems. On the contrary, we are truly convinced that digitalization and robotizations and other inventions are largely escaping producers and are increasing the dominance of digital companies uh, whose wealth and power have grown exponentially, especially now during the COVID-19. So how can small farmers be better represented on the world stage? We are the voices that must be heard within the United Nations if a change is to take place and if the United Nations is to become a space to lead real transformations of food systems. Food systems will neither be sustainable nor equitable if the United Nations continue to rely on the voices of corporations uh, and sponsored researchers and dominant elites of policymakers from very rich countries. And we need to bring a genuine agrarian reform in many countries and to support and promote local biodiversity, local animal breeds and locally adapted food. And also we need to bring in systemic changes to face the current climate crisis and to achieve a significant reduction of uh, carbon dioxide emissions, knowing that industrialized agriculture and the corporate food system are causing this crisis. This week, the AgriFood podcast is produced by Euractiv's AgriFood team, Gerardo Fortuna and Natasha Foot, with the technical support of Evi Chiori. This podcast is also available on all major streaming platforms, including Apple, Amazon, Stitcher and Spotify. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss the latest news from the EU. My name is Natasha Foote. Thanks so much for listening and see you next week.